So I'm, I'm obviously sitting here in the Clooney with Slim Jim Fandom and Daryl Hyam. And I must say, of course, first of all, congratulations on the birth of your daughter. Yay. Thank you. Which, Thank you very much. Excellent. <laughs> uh, the last time we spoke, of course, was at, at the stage in Gateshead when you were just finishing your tour with Amelda then. Mm, mm. Um, could you tell it? Can you remember much about the, that gig at the stage? Because I remember before you went on, you were like, you were really looking forward to the, the gig and the sound and things. It was an amazing hall and, and mm. stuff like that. Did it live up to your expectations? Or? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And it was a great reaction as well from the crowd. Mm. Um, yeah, we do remember that gig very, very well. Yeah, it was a great night. And, uh, and it was kind of a nice way to sort of end things, really, mm. with, uh, you know, the baby coming and all that. You mm. know, it was, it was, uh, it was lovely to... Because that was the tour where we sort of realised that, that it, it had kicked up quite a few notches, really, yeah. with, the, with the crowds that we were getting and... Um, the size venues that we were playing and, and that kind of a thing. So that was, it was lovely, yeah. Excellent. So tell us about how, how the Catmen started. Uh, Catmen kind of came about, Daryl and I met at a big rockabilly fest maybe seven, eight years ago that was in um, Green Bay, Wisconsin in, in the States. Uh-huh. And uh, there was a, like a jam session at the night after everyone's show, okay. and he and I played together, and we got along personally, musically, and you know, because mm-hmm. uh, he plays as good as anybody. And, and for me, it was always kind of hard to, if if I was going to do rockabilly music, it's pretty hard to find anyone that's as good as my guys that yeah. I've known my whole yeah, life. So sure. it's like going to do. It's kind of hard to yeah. be honest with you. And then a few years later. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure how long afterwards, but we stayed in touch, and then I was offered to do like a tour of Europe, and I called Daryl, and we got along, and we had uh, on the first tour Johnny Bowler played bass, um, bass player extraordinaire. You know, we just got along, and we just said, you know, you know, let's do something next time. And, and when uh, when when he came to LA, we recorded what is we call Catman One, which is the record that we uh, had at the gigs and all that, and then. Uh, Couple years passed, and everyone's time to do something else. And okay. you know, we always stayed in touch. And um, and the first album was produced by Gilby Clark. Is that right? Yeah, he's, yeah. he's a pal of mine, Gilby. Okay. He's like a personal friend, and he's 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 at a studio in his house. Right. So a lot of people use it. Part of our you know, gang of guys, and um, and he kind of took to the music. Or I don't really know how much. Does, does he have a good he ear for that sort of? Yeah, he's a very gear-oriented guy, and he knows all. Um, right. old stuff and yeah. how to combine new stuff and old stuff and um, he's like very good at it um, and he was a logical choice he's my friend and he, his house is near where we you know, we lived and Daryl was staying and it was uh-huh. just a kind of a you know made sense kind of place and guy to do it yeah. convenient and good at the same time so it's um, excellent worked okay. out with Gildy and so you, you started recording this next one was that a plan for your boat had you decided you know you, you obviously realised you were going to be a father and stuff and you maybe going to have to take time out. Did you get in touch with Jim and say, let's get something more together? Well, it just goes or... to show what a great drummer he is because his timing is perfect. Because he, actually, <laughs> he, got in, he got in touch with me about a day or two after Imelda told me that she was pregnant. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and of course, you know, that once the shock had, had sort of worn off a little bit that I was going to be a dad, I then started thinking... I'm going to need a job in six months, you know. Yeah. So um, it was, uh, yeah, it was lovely. It was just great time around. Jim just got in touch, said, "I'd love to do another tour if, if you know, if, if, if we can work things out." And um, 
And, and I said, well, why don't you come over to, to uh, our house, stay with us for, for a week or so, and we'll, we'll record an album at our studio, mm-hmm. which is not far from my house, it's down the road, really. Mm-hmm. And um, we, we didn't really have a plan of such, really, did we? As, as no, no, it was just because we're, we're pals, we stay in touch always, mm-hmm. so you're aware of what's going on with everybody. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's really more than luck, it was that we stay in touch. and you know, mm-hmm. Okay. Um, kind of everyone's scheduled... To kind of gelled, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so then, I mean, if you know far enough out, you can pretty much plan. Sure, you know, as haphazard as rock and roll is, yeah. needs a little bit of planning can make most things happen. If you, um, so, so like I said, we came over to his place and we just we, he had some songs and then I had a few songs mm-hmm. and all kind of before we knew it, there was a whole record yeah, to make. You know, it was going good. And, yeah. and you say you've, you've got twelve tracks for the new album. So 12 is that there? right? Or? Yeah, I think it'll probably we'll end up with 13 or 14 because right. we had such a good selection of songs right. to go with. I mean, the way it was going, it was, it was, I would say it was probably a little bit more than just a rockabilly album. Mm-hmm. It, it, had a, it had a few bits and bobs on there that sort of set it apart a little bit, but then Jim came in with these three songs he'd written with Lee Rocker. Right. And it just totally changed the album. It was incredible, the direction it sort of took it off in. Okay. Um, so now it's it's a bit more rootsy across the board, really. Right. So um, yeah, there's a bit of blues on there. There's some sort of Credence Clearwater-type tracks, right. which, which is a style that I like very much, and uh-huh. I know Jim does. And, uh, you know, we're sort of... Um, we've still got the rockabilly in there, but the, the rockabilly kind of glues it all together because that's what we love, right. and that's right. what... You know, primarily what we what we're good at, mm-hmm. um, but it's but it's nice to be able to do to do other things as well. Yeah. Right, because I've only heard that we need Elvis back track mm. from that, which is mm. great. A touch of space, spacey rock sort of thing going yeah. on there. Twang some and uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's a very early. What you've got there is kind of a very early draft. Right. Almost. Right. It's it's subject to change. It will be changing. Right. Right. It's going to be it's going to be pulled back into a more rootsier. Okay. Kind of vibe because, uh, but but it's it's a really great start, and, it's, and yeah. it kind of shows you what can be done with the music, um, and it, and it is it, you know it's very exciting to hear it, but um, but obviously you know when we play the song live, we've been getting such a great reaction to playing it live, haven't we? That we we sort of feel that it needs to be sort of pulled back to right to uh, more in keeping with how we play it. Okay, um, but it, it's just very exciting. I mean, it's. As Jim was saying about the album that we recorded with Gilby, I mean, that was the first time I recorded a, a whole album on Pro Tools. Right. Um, and I was amazed at what you can do. You know? Yeah. But, and of course, you know, six, seven, eight years later, you know, there's even more stuff you can do. Of course, yeah. But, um... Yeah, he was early on to that. Gilby's a smart guy, good at it. He, he was one of the first guys that I knew, anyway, I'm sure, who, who mixed old stuff, mm. upboard gear, with Pro Tools. Yeah. You know, to get, mm. like... Kind of the best of both worlds. Yeah. yeah. So you used the technology, but used it like an old tape machine almost, and just yeah, yeah just you know. to, to make things easier, yeah, but yeah. not any less yes. good. Yes. <laughs> you know, like. That's all right. Yeah. And so, did you use that this time? Because I know you were a keen fan of your sixteen track, aren't you? And yeah. yeah. I, I still do. It. I mean, I, I think you know, it's it's the things when you're in a hurry. You know, yeah. it's not practical really. Um, it's something you would do if you had like a month to do an album, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uh, and you don't mind waiting five minutes for the tape to rewind to the beginning or whatever. <laughs> um, Pro Tools is is so much quicker. Editing is is yeah. yeah. Editing is. Do you not find that sometimes thing. it actually makes you work longer though? Because because you can edit things. 
well. And you think, right, well, I'll just, I'll just do a few, I'll just do a few takes, and then we'll get to the end of the mix, and we'll choose which one of the. You know, kind of depends. The same as the old days with tape cutting. There were guys who were really good at. Yeah. You know, we're working with Gavin, with Andy Wright, is producing the. In, uh, remixing it and his guy Gavin Goldberg mm-hmm. is so fast at it and so right. good that it's you, know, you get to the point and these guys right. are really good at it yeah. Uh, yeah and we still record very traditionally right you know, yeah. I mean we, we we record the track live uh, the drums are live and then mm-hmm. of course you know we, we do layer things on afterwards but I mean uh, I still work to the same principle that I've always done mm-hmm. is that I like to give whoever's going to mix it and on this performance everything think, yeah right so they don't have to look at 50 guitar solos to make one good one. You yeah. know, they get the solo that they need, yeah. you know, and that's, that's how we give it to them. So, you know, we still, I mean, we've, you know, we've been playing for a long time. We know how to play this music and we know how to, to, to do our performances, you know, with, with our, our instruments, you know, so, so we can, we, we don't mess around, you know. Okay. Recording an album doesn't take very long. Right. Okay. And have you written anything while you've been out on tour then? Have you, have you written some we tracks? We've pretty think, much Ooh. going the whole time. Right. There's been enough time to either. Yeah. We've been, this is the, been here seven days, we rehearsed one day, and then six shows in a row. Yeah. So there hasn't been much time right. for anything more than, yeah. you know. So there wasn't any sound know. check songwriting sort of thing going on? No, on, I don't know. I think riff. that might be a myth. I think you hear about it in <laughs> magazines more than it actually yeah. ever happens. Okay. <laughs> so do we have a title for the album yet? The Cat Men Cometh. The Cat Men Cometh. A nice Excellent. biblical sound. Yeah, yeah. Title. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Better be good now. <laughs> <laughs> and that's coming out in, you were saying? Well, we're hoping. January. Uh, January. Yeah, January, March, January, February, something like that. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. So the, the tour then, you've, you've done six days. Mm-hmm. You've been going really well. Yeah. Yeah. Any highlights so far? Or? What is it? I think well, it's got going. Really good. Glasgow was really good. Glasgow's great. Fantastic. Never let us down, do they, Glasgow? They're always a great audience. Um, I think that's true for most bands, isn't it? They yeah. usually say Glasgow's a... Yeah. You know. Uh, of course, looking forward to this night here at the Clooney. Tonight aren't sold the most tickets in advance, though. Exactly. Has yeah. it? Yeah. That's good. Yeah. Excellent. So, I mean, it's been building, you know, uh-huh. because, I mean, the first couple of gigs, we're playing songs that we've never played live before, you know, so there's a certain amount of pressure on you um, to get it right. Mm-hmm. Um... You know, I haven't done this for years, you know, I've yeah. been playing guitar, so yeah. I mean, I haven't really been doing anything like this, and um, uh, and I wanted it to be right, and, uh, you know, when you believe in something, you've, you've got to put your heart and soul into it, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, uh, and that's what I wanted to do, so, I mean, as it's gone along, I thought actually it was going to take a lot longer, but it was really only after the first couple of, well, actually after the first gig, right. all the nerves had gone, and I was like, this is great, I'm really enjoying this. Mm-hmm. There's nothing better than working with two great musicians yeah. and playing songs that you like playing. Yeah. And also, when, when you're doing something a little bit different as well. I mean, for many years, my the bands that I played in were cover cover bands, you see. Because mm-hmm. um, the sort of audiences that we played to didn't really want to hear uh, original songs, you know, they weren't yeah. interested in them, you know. Uh, they would, we played on a specific scene and they, they wanted to dance and they wanted, you know... So uh, they were songs that they knew. So this is very, very, very exciting. I'm, I've kind of got the feeling that I had when I first started working with the Melder. Right. You know, yeah. but this is something really good. And there's a light at the end of the tunnel and, you know, all the hard work may amount to something, you know. Yeah. So. And you've seen lots of people dancing, hopefully. <laughs> well, well, I see a lot of people nodding their head and that's right. good enough for me. Right, no, fair enough. <laughs> the, 
Those girls come. That's good. Uh, <laughs> young, that, that's the young hot rockabilly ones, and ones that were around the eighties who are still into going to gigs. Certain groups that they yeah. were fans of. I get the feeling, you know. Yeah. Um, and there's like young rockabilly type guys, and then there's older kind of uh, you know, guys who are into music. Yeah. Uh, um, well played, you know. People yeah. who go to blues gigs or jazz yeah, yeah. gigs, and yeah. so like it's a good cross section. And um, but the core is there, I think. Do you think you've seen uh, an upsurge of people who are, are into wearing authentic dress and stuff like that coming more to your, to your shows and stuff and to, because of the Amelda sort of factor, perhaps? Uh, no, I haven't seen any more than what we'd normally see. Right. I think, you know, I think that there probably is a, a groundswell of interest in, in dressing up mm. to, to go along with a certain style of music, which is, I think, great, because mm. that's what... You know, when yeah, I was a kid, yeah, do that. Really. That's exactly. I mean, when I, in the early eighties, I mean, when I was at school, it, you know, the school playgrounds were full of groups of kids dressed in a, a type of uniform yeah. that went with the music. Yeah, and I don't understand really why that stopped. I mean, because I think that's it, that's that's important and good. Um, but um, no, I, I haven't noticed as, as any more than usual. But it's always great to see because you know it's what we're into. Yeah, so it's but 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 equally, it's nice to see people that are just into the music and yeah. and, and uh, maybe discovering it for the first time or or you know they they they've chosen Catmen or Amelda to be their rockabilly yeah. band or that or the Caesars or whoever. You know, yeah. I mean, we've been very lucky with. This, there are young bands out there playing this yeah. music at the moment doing it really well and the Caesars are one of the best you know so and you, you mentioned them last time of course as one of the, the bands that, to keep an eye on sort of thing yeah. so did you choose Caesars to support you I, I love the, the bands and yeah, I, I, the guys are great and you know they're, they're, they're such uh, you, you know they've really got their heads screwed on they're, uh-huh. they're ambitious but they're, they, they, they're good at the, the, the sort of the, the business side of it as well of looking after things and you know, do you, and you know it's guys like them who like seek out certain things of a certain time. Okay, like, you know, like so, I'm one of the original guys now. The so if you were seeking out something, if you know somebody who hasn't listened to rockabilly, what would you give them? What would you say? Right, you've got to listen to this, this, and this. I know you mentioned the shadows last time for guitar playing and stuff like that's that. Sun sessions. Actual... Elvis Presley's Sun Sessions. That's the that's the the blueprint, isn't it? Right there. That's the beginnings of it. Uh, Billy, Gene Vincent's second album. Yeah. Johnny Bennett. Yeah. Johnny Bennett and the Rock and Roll Trio. Those three things will pretty much cover you, really, to right. get you started. Okay. I mean, you don't want to go too obscure, but I mean. You know, Carl Perkins, Carl Perkins, greatest hits one, Eddie Cochran's one, yeah. greatest hits, Buddy Holly, yeah. Jerry Lee. It's back five or six. Okay. You yeah. know, you know. What about a hidden gem then? Something that oh, nobody else has probably that. heard of. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, you know, I think, I think, you know, you can walk, you can walk into into uh, a garage, uh, you know, a petrol station, and there'll be a, a you know a rockabilly compilation uh-huh. CD in there for like three quid, uh-huh. and they're all worth it. You know, a punt at three quid. Yeah, know? yeah. So I mean, you know, there's lots of things out there to to sort of discover, really. And um, I think um, you you can never go far wrong with with with, with going with the, the the people that really did the music better than anybody else. You know, you got listen to Johnny Bennett. You know, yeah. if you've never heard yeah. Johnny Bennett. Listen to Train yeah. Kept to Rolling, yeah. Honey Harsh, Rockabilly Boogie. That it doesn't get any better than that. 
You know, okay. people are still trying to make records that sound like that today, and yeah. not doing a very good job of it. You know, and some people do do a very good job of it, but you know, those records are so influential, and they're still influencing people. Yeah. And um, and then you know, once you get a taste for it, then you can be as obscure if you, as you want to be. You yeah. Know? But I mean, it's like any music, isn't it? You know, if you get into it, you'll you'll try you'll and find everything that. there is yeah. to know about it. But yeah. but I think you know, most music fans like to listen to a little bit of everything. So give them the best of yeah. what it is. Yeah, that, that's what we always thought yeah. early on. I was kind of happy that we understood that. Yeah. It didn't really have to be told. And by the two, I had the same feeling, straight cats guys, that there's a reason why things are obscure. Yeah. There's a reason why Blue Suede Shoes was the biggest hit song, because it was the best one. You know, yeah. like yeah. we liked doing, you know, like of course you find little gems on, like each of the label ones, like the King Federal, the Star mm. Day Dixie, each of the mm. compilations. Had a couple of good songs mm -hmm. these late, you know, that these labels got, but like we said, the all star guys that we just fielded, the team of all stars, mm. they are the best ones. They're really, Buddy mm. Holly did have the best songs. Elvis Presley's Sun Sessions is the best record. And mm. I kind of never get tired of listening to the best ones. That's right, exactly. I agree with that. Yeah, I think that's where you need good to start. Good answers. Mm. Good answers. Mm. So, the future, you've got the album coming out in January. Will you be touring on the back of that again? Yeah. Doing a full UK tour yeah, again and stuff like that? Because it comes out. Yeah, you know, Decca, they kind of expect us, and we want to as well. Yeah, okay. You know, be, and have a good team assembled with the label, and um, we'll um, be heading and stuff. Is that hopefully? Yeah, yeah. I think that's a natural, natural progression, really, to go over to the states because mm -hmm. um, it, it's sort of naturally in the blood over there. You know, you, don't, yeah. you, you, you can just go over there and play this sort of music, and, and, it's, and it's fine. You know, it's the same here, really, in many ways, because rockabilly is such a big part of sort of like the cult roots thing mm. in this country mm. that there's rockabilly bands all over the country mm -hmm. playing this music and playing it excellently yeah. mm. um, a lot of people dressed up in England yeah. always, since that's why we came here mm. okay. I came here 137 years ago <laughs> be, because there was you know like in the States they like it of course but like in Europe there's something different like you're not going to go to a play club in you know the Newcastle of America yeah yeah, like a like another t like a outside of New York or LA, yeah, yeah. and have a couple hundred people dressed up. Yeah, you're not just yeah. not going to get it. Do you, have good do you have good memories of Newcastle from your days of the Stray Cats yeah. and stuff? I know a lot of people I, I, say about the Mayfair. The, exactly right. Yeah. The, the girl who works here reminded me of that place, yeah. and that and I do remember it. Of all the hundreds of shows, yeah. I remember that because it was the first time we ever saw real Teddy Boys. Right, they were lined up against the back, and, he, and I remember a little group of them within that older guys from like the 70s and the rock yeah. and the kids were at the front who yeah. punk rock had happened and Stray Cats were kind of like you know what we used to say was that they were allowing the, the uh, sides of the Mohawks to grow in a little bit yeah. it was like a new kind of gang that were yeah. punk rockers but now they were into but I remember on the back wall we saw real Ted's who just leaned up against the wall maybe that they didn't like it <laughs> but they were there you know yeah. And, yeah. So, and that was another thing I you know, realized early on you need to get in yeah. Hopefully you like it, but yeah. I'm doing, you know, yeah. I'm not going to change it for it in any way, you know. Yeah. And and I think they all liked it, and they were happy to see, like, young guys in a carrier. Yeah. They probably said they didn't and told themselves they didn't, but you could <laughs> tell they were proud of the whole thing carrying on. You could see it was going to go another, you know. Another generation. And it was in Newcastle, I, I remember. And I remember Mikey Boy Peters, who was in The Alarm, was one of my dearest yeah, friends, right? who was, until this very day, who was the opening act, and they were like mob-looking guys. And they, there was bottles flying, one smashed, and someone got cut with glass. And like they came, and they played two songs, and they had to run out the back door at the Mayfair Bowl. But they came the next day and played where they <laughs> Okay, well, look, 
I'm going to finish with one question that obviously Jim's not going to understand at all, but the Derby match in a couple of weeks. Oh yeah, next is this weekend. <laughs> is it this weekend? I don't know. Yeah. I'm not a football fan particularly, right? But I read obviously you are a Sunderland fan and you're in Newcastle tonight, so we might as well ask yeah. a prediction for the. Well, I think you know. From to be fair, I think probably a draw would be would be the best result for everybody. Well, maybe not for. Them. But I, I don't know. I mean, I, 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 I my, um, I've been a lifelong Sunderland fan, and um, but I'm not from the area, so yeah. obviously I don't under, I don't un, I understand there's a rivalry. Of course I do, yeah. you know. But I mean, it doesn't affect me because I don't. Yeah. I'm not from the area, you know. So I tend to sort of always take an interest in how, you know, uh, teams up here are doing anyway, because that's where my family's from. So, right. okay. so um, you know, but. I, my dad was a Sunderland fan, so so, so that's how it's a good son always always right. follows his dad's team. And will you be coming up for the game or no? I don't no. think so. I, I don't get time to come up to games anymore. Right. You know, right. I mean, I never really did. Really, I mean, when if Sunderland were playing because I grew up in Bedfordshire, right? So if Sunderland were. If, if we was lucky and Sunderland and Luton were in the same yeah. division, yeah. then I'd go and watch them when they yeah. played Luton, you know, because yeah. that was the nearest team to me. Yeah. But um, no, I don't get much of an opportunity to. But you know, I'm I'm a typical armchair fan. You know, I sit I sit there and watch the scores and watch match yeah. of the day. You know, yeah. um, but um, but yeah, I, I, I th- it would be a great game. I was at the last uh, I was at the last derby at the uh, when it was at the Stadium of Light. Right. Um, right. And so I'm looking forward to that. You know. <laughs> uh, yeah, sure, sure. I mean, I lived next door to Chelsea Ground for oh, right, a really okay. long time. I could care less who wants to be honest with you. But, um, <laughs> I've been to some games. I went to Manchester with my friend of mine. I took it a couple of times. I went and saw that. I went to see, You're a good Manchester Chelsea United play. fan, really, aren't you? No, from, coming yeah, from America, it's an ideal it, fan for Man United. I don't know. <laughs> that was another thing I learned very, very early on is not to really have any sides in <laughs> soccer, you know. Yeah, you're on to I like New York Yankees and I stay up to five o'clock in the morning watching the games. So. All right. <laughs> but I mean, I get it. You know, it's live action, human stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Excellent. All right, well, look, gentlemen, thank you very much for taking your time. Thank you. I uh, really appreciate it. Really looking forward to the gig tonight. Right. I hope you have a good one. Yeah, hope you. Yeah, it'll be great.